Oh, I'm spicy. I'm spicy. (laughs) (laughs) All right, frickin' A. Uh, Welcome. Let me do that a little better. (laughs) Welcome to last. Yeah, it's exactly how you start it. Content warning, phlegm. Welcome to Last Minute Politics, a podcast uh, about politics and furries. At the same time, welcome. I am Pepper, and I am joined by... Hi, I'm Dragor, and to be clear, it's not like furries voting on furry shit, although we do encourage that to be a thing, but we, we, we happen... Well, we choose to be furries, and we happen to have to deal with politics, because there are other people. At least as of now, furries do not have enough political power for your, like, fandom affiliation to be relevant. Right? Uh, depending on what country you live in. Wh- Who what has was a furry government? Russia, where they're branding uh, furries as queer activist extremists? Oh, yeah, I remember that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, Russia has a con, too, or at least had one. Like, how does how does that even work? <laughs> like, all their branding, it was very, like, hey, look, it's a boy and a girl, Fox. It's fine, Russia. Please don't kill all the... Well, please don't put anybody in a van. And I don't think... Like, it didn't... It wasn't like that. It didn't come across that way. But it was one where I'm just like, oh, this is Russia. Russia is even, even more homophobic than most did, did nations. Did that convention check happen out the art. <laughs> before or after Zabivaka? Uh, I think that was like about the same freaking time, probably like slightly before, if not. I don't. That's the thing, though. It's like it's over in Russia that we're essentially discom- disconnected from yeah. that. Fan, like Russ furins was the last time somebody went to that. It's like the Chinese furcons. There are multiple Chinese furcons, like probably like a dozen of them, and they have thousands and thousands of attendees. Uh, pretty very soon, the biggest furcon will be somewhere in China, and you've never heard of it. <laughs> like, yeah, that probably already happened. Actually, I forget if you talked about it on an episode here. Chat, tell us, but. At Megaplex, you were telling us about uh, like the the three distinct pillars of furry <laughs> globally, and how none of them, for the most part, interact with each other, except for occasional crossover. That wasn't even the three pillars of global furry. It was freaking within Singapore, a country that oh. is a city, like a very tiny country, and just Singapore furs. There's at least two to three, depending on like who you're talking to and when, like different groups of furries who all do not acknowledge each call other it, and call it, one call of it them, the word call it the wrestling word they're factions they are they're factions we got factions they don't talk to each yeah well in wrestling the factions are always antagonizing each other and they want to be in each other's business this is like we're going to set up factions and wall off well, not even wall off like there's multiple singapore furry cons and like they don't acknowledge each other and both will be like the only singapore furry con he's like wait a second <laughs> i was about to go and i'm like oh my, oh my goodness there's a freaking con happening like when i'm gonna be there what do you think of blah blah, blah? are you gonna go to the blah? and i'm asking my friends and it, it, it turns out like i don't know who the factions are or who's affiliated with who and they're like oh yeah that's we don't we don't really uh <laughs> we, we don't really <laughs> hang out with those people and i'm like oh all right and that was my introduction awkward well, all right. I have a. I got a few short. Let me throw out a short one here just to get us started because there's really nothing to say about it. I don't think it should be glazed over because I don't freaking hear about this. I saw it. I wrote it down. Then I'm like, oh, I've heard nothing about it since. So remember how Prince Andrew was gonna get in trouble because he was a rapist with Epstein, and there was a lady who's like, when I was 17 in 2001, Prince Andrew raped me, and the police said, no charges. 
no invest, no further investigation. <laughs> no, this is the British government. Like the U.S. government doesn't have anything to do. Uh, they, the British government is also not going to be doing anything with uh, who's it, Ghislaine Maxwell, who is essentially the pimp for Jeffrey Epstein, who lured in girls and got them to go on the Lolita Express. Who else is in Jeffrey Epstein's address book? Clinton. Uh, Gates. So uh, yeah, uh, like, uh, every billionaire, uh, every billionaire, <laughs> every billionaire, every uh, bunch of Hollywood movers and shakers. Elon Musk was it? Was he on the Alita Express? He's like too young for that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he well, he wasn't a billionaire in two thousand. He's a nerd, so here's hoping that he's more nerd than rapist. That's a horrible it, I thing know. I just said. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna be a billionaire, at least don't be a rapist. <laughs> These are options you have. I mean. You don't become a billionaire by being a good person. I know. It's the whole freaking self-fulfilling prophecy. The only way that you become super, like powerful in the U.S. is by being super ruthless. So we have this survivor bias where the all the billionaires are just the most toxic pieces of shit you've ever seen in hey, your life. <laughs> so let's let's bring this back because it is... The money disease, it, as it I've is, heard it called. Interesting, I guess, is the wrong word. But I kind of sit back and go, huh. Because... We remember Pizzagate, right? Well, which part of it, but yes. The Clintons and trafficking and pedo and, oh, wait, that part, it's true, but not the way the conspiracy said it was. Like, this is the part that frustrates me about crying wolf and conspiracy theorists and... There isn't a secret shadow cabal of billionaires having illegal sex... Uh, on like private islands and planes there is an out in the open cabal of billionaires who do those things you get here like conspiracy theory gets thrown around a lot and it's like it is a conspiracy but it's not a secret conspiracy it's, it's not right a theory there. The it's, it's fact yeah look it's look who suffers fact. consequences look who doesn't look who gets to keep making all of the decisions look who doesn't like that's the part that's the veil right what that that's at least I I always try to bring it back. Our our goal in doing this thing is the people that we see in the chat here. Hello, chat. Uh, you're you're evaluating and looking at things in at least a vaguely similar way as Pepper and I are. And if I were to go young enough, where I'm at hadn't clicked yet. You know, looking at what are their interests, what do they want? Power always wants to keep power. Like the ability to look at the world that way that took me time to develop so if anyone out here out here out there is listening to us it's not that just like we're angry and we're ranting we're literally talking about we the people want the world to be a better place and we're seemingly not allowed why is that it's an attempt to point out contradictions because, like, people intuitively understand. Like, if you walked up to some rando who just like hasn't really thought about their ideology and just went, "Hey, Prince, blah blah blah, got no charges on that crime they did," they would, on some level, the, your knee jerk reaction is like, "Well, yeah, of course they didn't. They're a prince, or yeah, of course they didn't. They're a billionaire, or yeah, of course they didn't. They're a big banker." And we just kind of accept that because that's like the situation we grow up in. You just are like, well, yes, of course. Once you have a certain amount of power, you do not have to play by the rules anymore. Everybody knows that. And this is just pointing out, 
yeah, but why? It doesn't like there is no unless <laughs> I don't want to just jump out with there is no God, but there is no God that's making that be. You know what I'm saying? There is no benevolent, like benevolent, all powerful figure that is like, ah ha ha, the humanity and the earth will fall apart unless the haves are allowed to do whatever they want and the have nots have to answer for crimes whether they even committed them or not. Like, hey, there is that's no a reason great for segue that. into one of my topics. Uh, apparently, a bunch of Catholics and by a bunch. I don't know the real number, but Twitter Catholics and news organizations and such that were uh, very, very conservative-leaning apparently were upset about things Pope Francis said. Uh, it's always great when Frankie's in trouble because he says some like, we should, like, slavery is bad. And people are like, what? Like, I'm going <laughs> to like read a couple of the things, things and uh, stop me if you want to talk about any of them. I ask all the great pharmaceutical laboratories to release the patents, make a gesture of humanity, and allow every country, every people, every human being to have access to the vaccines. There are countries where only 3 or 4% of the inhabitants have been vaccinated. I ask in the name of God, I ask financial groups and international credit institutions to allow poor countries to assure the basic needs of their people and to cancel those debts that so often are contracted against the interests of those same peoples. He's like, how many, is this, do you have like a big bulleted list of these? How many do you have? Because I don't want to necessarily stop you. Yeah, like, there's yeah, a bunch. I can keep agree. reading. Like he do was it. on the a roll. reason to not do it. It's just, why wouldn't you do that? Money. So like, what's the next one? <laughs> there's no argument against that from a humanist or Catholic or like any standpoint other than we want AstraZeneca and uh, Pfizer and whoever the fuck to keep making money and we have to keep the American healthcare system how it is. The, whole, the world on, healthcare on system. A, on a personal note, um... So, like, it's it's no secret. Not only am I a non-believer, but genuinely, it's no surprise here. I'm anti-authoritarian, which for the most part always means for reasons other than reason and science, an anti-theist. And I can hold those beliefs and go, hey, this guy that has all this power is saying some shit that's really cool. Such as, I ask the great extractive industries, mining, oil, forestry, real estate, agribusiness, to stop destroying forests, wetlands, and mountains, to stop polluting rivers and seas, to stop poisoning food and people. Uh, I ask the great food mm -hmm. corporations to stop imposing monopolistic systems of production and distribution that inflate prices and end up withholding bread from the hungry. I mean, mm -hmm. like, it's just a wham-bam... Yeah, when... When our, like when our, says. Basically, it's the Pope going on a roll of saying, our belief system holds this idea of the Garden of Eden, that we have paradise, and believe it or not, it's never going to be given to us by our deity. It is up to us to cultivate that garden here on Earth. That is what this whole list is. And There's it's a weird awesome. thing where my dad was kind of pushed out of the Republican Party because like, yeah, it used to be the Republicans were the pro-environmentalists because they like God and they're like, oh, we got to take care of the earth that God gave us. But then they stopped doing that shit, so I'm out. And, and it's not, my dad wasn't even religious. He's just, he's like, we probably shouldn't fuck up the whole earth. Like pre when climate change was a thing, he just likes hunting and likes the outdoors. And he's like, we should probably not destroy all of nature. Let's, let's do this great one, especially considering the Catholic Church's history on this one. I'm... I, I guess to a certain extent, I'm shocked this came out of the Pope's mouth. In the name of God, I call on powerful countries to stop aggression, blockades, and unilateral sanctions against any country anywhere on Earth. No to neo-colonialism. Neo Conflicts must be resolved in multilateral forests such as the United Nations. We have already seen how unilateral interventions, invasions, and occupations end up, even if they are justified by noble motives and fine words. 
have a lot of common ground. Just got to go about like, wow, it is telling where he's like, oh, we need to let the UN. And I'm like, eh, I wouldn't exactly agree with that solution. <laughs> All right. But, there's a little bit of lip like, shit in here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, wouldn't it be great if he was just if he was just like, we need to create a, a classless society. <laughs> where he just goes full like, I've been reading Lenin and I have many thoughts. <laughs> Pope's first communism. <laughs> exactly. That's the thing. He's identifying a lot of problems that are obvious to a lot of people. And, well, not even a lot are obvious. But I really like where he's like, we need to stop like just sanctioning, blockading. Because when you look at, heck, we're, we're talking about Haiti recently because Biden's administration decided to deport a lot of uh, Haitians to Haiti, specifically like, the equivalent of like dreamers. These are like Haitians who grew up and like one was like, oh, I lived in Brazil my whole life. And then they deported me to Haiti. Like, like that kind oh. of shit. So we're talking about Haiti and the U.S.'s influence on it. Pope Francis probably, like, right now, he's, we have been punishing Haiti for throwing off its French colonial leaders since they did that. That country started as a bunch of slaves who rebelled and fought. Not They didn't petition nicely, the French government. They uh, killed enough French people that the French were like, okay, fine. We'll stop uh, working you to death in the sugar fields and you can have this country. But also you have to now pay us back for all of your, because you're all slaves and cost money. So you must now like pay for your own. So when they're talking yeah. about like Haiti and their debt, and wow, Haiti's so financially stupid. That's what the debt is. And I agree with the Pope. That debt should be canceled. Absolutely. <laughs> like, Jesus. Hey, can we call, can, let's let's bring in every time uh, a new cancel corner for debt, a positive cancel, cancel corner. Cancel debt. Uh, here's another one. This will be the last one I'm going to read. It's in a response farther down. A basic income or or the UBI or salary so that everyone in the world may have access to the most basic necessities of life. It is right to fight for a humane distribution of these resources, and it is up to governments to establish tax and redistribution schemes so that the wealth of one part of society is shared fairly, but without imposing an unbearable burden, especially upon the middle class. Generally, when conflicts arise in this matter, it is the middle class that suffers most. Let us not forget that today's huge fortunes are the fruit of work, scientific research, and technical innovation of thousands of men and women over generations. Socially produced goods and, like, breakthroughs. Our whole society is produced by society. Crazy. Oh, hey, be cautious. I don't want to get into the whole thing. Be cautious of you of when people just throw out UBI, like, willy-nilly because, like, it's starting to get picked up and centrist and, like, you see right-wing people going UBI. It's because they want to give you $1,000 a month and then take away every single other social program. So, like, be wary. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Yeah, that makes Make sense. Make sure that UBI is a net positive and not like, we yeah. can cancel welfare, food stamps, <laughs> Medicaid, don't, don't make, Medicare. Don't make getting UBI basically the equivalent of the Nabisco strike settlement terms. <laughs> yeah, UBI only makes sense if everybody's completely basic needs are already taken care of and like rent control is in place so that like everybody was memeing uh, when Yang was running. Your landlord doesn't just go, oh, 2,000 UBI a month? Well, guess what? Your rent's up by 2,000. Ha ha ha. Like you have to make sure they can't do that or they absolutely will. Like, yes. Why would you not? They've already talked about it. Like that's out in the open. That's not a conspiracy. Yeah. This, is, this, is <laughs> this is Papa John's all over again. Zillow's gonna buy your house and. <laughs> uh, I titled that link the uh, the no true Scotsman fallacy versus the Pope, and the reason I did that is here you <laughs> the whole foundation of it is there are news there are people who identify as Catholics that understand in their belief system that in general you as an individual don't have any authority or say on the divine right and authority of the Pope. That's my overall understanding. Does that does yes. that seem? 
for the in sake papal of this, infallibility he is a, 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 essentially like treated not quite like a jesus but it's like he speaks for god and god's never wrong so the pope's never wrong right so when uh a non-insignificant chunk of your following gets up in arms when you're going hey remember jesus well here's more words about it in today's <laughs> context and then they get mad <laughs> Uh, it's almost like gospel. your institution has fostered that anger over generations. The Catholic Church as an institution, like from it, it it's you can't ever prove people's intent, but it absolutely was used as just a, a method of class control f- forever. We don't have like the priest class anymore because that kind of went away in the Enlightenment period. Yeah. But there was definitely a time where your priest could be basically like the president of your town and could just do whatever the fuck they want. And they're just like not subject to certain rules because like... The Catholic Church, if we're talking about institutions and class divides, they have been on the side of the haves for a very long time. If you haven't seen the Vatican, it is made of gold. Okay, <laughs> like, so you gave countries. a uh, clarification, which I'm going to read. The Pope is only infallible when he speaks ex cathedra on matters of dogma and encyclicals. These things aren't either of those. So as far as my gut reaction, I still feel my reaction is valid of going why why if you're if you're catholic and this angers you what the fuck see these are the details i missed by not actually being catholic right (laughs) well and and i never was i've been in the like i'm if if people listening don't know i'm a musician and one of the most consistently paying uh people of musicians are churches and other religious institutions i lucked out that my particular church is relatively chill and they have like a gay flag in the front and they're all like be vaccinated or fuck off (laughs) I, i happen to have a pretty cool christian protestant church you know uh i'm done with the pope so we keep we keep hearing about the the Biden vaccine mandate, and unless I'm an idiot, like help tell me if I'm wrong here, is, is there a date or is it like a whenever we can get it on the books? Because I cannot find a date. Do you have a date? I Does am chat not of aware of day? any kind of further mandate stuff. It seems to be state by state. Well, based biden is supposed to be doing he announced like everybody freaked out in the summer and you hear people talking about like the mandate as if it's already in place or like to to put in context remember how we were going to get a national mask mandate and people will go no he did do a national mask mandate meaning all federal properties but trump was already doing that beforehand so like why are we trying to scoop so hard to give biden brownie points for shit he didn't do so that like never actually materialized did you ever feel a national mask mandate by biden you you had chicago stuff that was probably more strict anyway uh, it came and went. Um, Chicago, it the, the mayor or is federal? <laughs> Mayor Lori Lightfoot, who's a cop and has so <laughs> severely fucked up, it'll it probably not going to win again in general. And like, that's because the levels of fuck up was to the other power players, not to us, the people. That was just going to be a given. But uh, Governor of Illinois, Pritzker, has been one of the biggest champions in Illinois for mask mandate and other stuff. Uh, He lost a little bit when, what was it, the Food and Service Union, a lot of when, around the time when Illinois and Chicago in particular, when a lot of restaurants and such opened up, that's because he basically, like, he tried, but I I, I don't know, like, the full details of what went down or, quote, unquote, why, like, he let it happen or had to cede something. I, I do not have those details, but outside of that... I'm lucky to be in a state where someone up top seems to listen to science and care. 
Yeah, it's still totally state by state, locality by locality. Yes. Like California, New York, Illinois, and a couple other ones. Like they're going to have, heck, a, a, a thing I got up right now is in and out San Francisco, in and out like blasts over vac- uh, mandate shutdown. Uh, quotas. We refuse to become the vaccination police. Apparently, in San Francisco, you have to like have a vaccine card to, eat, to even like walk into places. And the rules, as far as I can tell from this article, are like In and Out was in trouble because they weren't having people show their vax cards to enter In and Out. And In and Out's like not doing it. And it also notes that they are the only restaurant that's been shut down for like not <laughs> doing it. There's only one In and Out in San shut Francisco. Down? Uh, temporarily, like they're just like you can't open mm-hmm. until you do the rules again. I, I guess my my the question I meant to ask is okay. They did that. They have a lot of money. It's so Sam did Brazil they suffer too. any consequences? Oh, In and Out doesn't care. Like I don't know if In and Out is a is it's like corporate or how franchised it is. But if it's like either way, if you own an In and Out in fucking Metro San Francisco, you're probably doing fine. And In and Out as a company is doing fine. So it's just weird to see them like we're gonna. This is the hill that we're gonna. But if you live outside of San Francisco, or one of those, like I'm in Phoenix, Arizona, I we don't feel like Phoenicians themselves were pretty masked up, but it's not because there's any rules. We're just doing it because. But we keep hearing about this Biden national uh, mandate, the vac- vaccine mandate specifically, and it has only been theorized, and we're still getting it written down. And there's a bunch of articles like, as soon as next week, this could. Uh, take effect and it's supposed to be for all employers including private ones with a hundred or more employees will be required to like vaccine it's a temporary uh, like short emergency OSHA authorization you know they're getting it through one way or another and when I hear the 100 employees or more thing, I'm reminded of the, was it the PPE loans? How like the Lakers and Steak Shack and all these fuckers uh, managed to get those loans, even though they were oh, for small what? businesses. They were for small businesses, but the way that small business was defined allowed like McDonald's. I don't think they did it. But for example, if a McDonald's only has 10 employees in that one particular McDonald's, that counts as 10 employees. Same thing for Steak Shack and Ruth's Chris and all oh, these like luxury restaurants yeah. and shit. Yeah, they got millions and millions and millions of dollars in a... Uh, emergency covid loans so couldn't you just use that same logic to get out of this mandate is what i'm going with that 100 or more people must be vaccinated what counts as 100 people why why is there a threshold why does number of people explain this to me i know <laughs> i think it's for ease so they're not going to like every single like food truck and going like this is your personal food truck that you operate and you must be right vaccinated. i don't know well then, i guess like, it's like a slippery slope we know the thing, numbers i don't personally care if you are a restaurant that has only 10 people but there's a lot of customers coming in and out so like those 10 people need it more than the company of 100 remote workers. Yeah, the whole thing is based more on like sh- acting like you're doing something than doing something. And don't get me wrong, I'd rather have it at 100 than not at all. Like, yeah. look, I'm not going to split that many hairs. My grander point is that the Discord, even just talking to us, like people who pay a lot of attention, we're all like, I don't know, is there a mandate? I think there's a mandate. When's it come to effect? Huh? Like state by state, we don't locality know. by locality. <laughs> exactly, we don't know. But the discourse seems to assume that the Dems have done anything like that they've done something that there's something on the books that you can get fucking arrested if you don't have your vaccine and you walk into walmart or like like i think it's just so unbelievable to the general consciousness they're like oh the dems certainly they, they have to have done something uh by now that's got to be real <laughs> when like the reality is like no they have they, they he gets on tv and talks about how he's gonna and then doesn't that's the that's the routine we are we are a blue bald nation <laughs>
Uh, I guess similarly on that, and it's it's not just Biden, but it is the Democrats at large. Let me drop the link here. But long story short is this article is asking questions like, the Democrats keep talking about protecting elections and then don't do anything. The, yeah. the tagline to this article from The Atlantic is even the president's closest allies are alarmed that he's not making voting rights a front and center issue. I mean, he does know how elections work, right? Like how, how they're won and lost by like number of votes. Yeah. <laughs> and like if you're the people who vote for you, it's harder for them to vote that that might, you know, make it harder to win. Well, and this gets back to the question. The first time you asked the question, it was such a huh moment for me of, you know, because I had some presumption about, oh, well, once the Democrats get to this point, then they will do these bare minimum things. <coughs> and then they didn't. And I'm like, this is it doesn't even cost them anything. It'll do great for electability. They'd buy so much goodwill and they just don't care. What is what is the downside to further enforcing and cementing Americans' rights to vote? The the ruling class actually wants to just straight up be able to dictate, and as long as people squabble and vote for their talking heads, then they're distracted enough and nothing gets done. It's it's weird. All right, look, it's it is it is weird to be I I am 35 years old, so I am all things considered not that old. And accounting for the fact that I have varied political awareness, especially the younger I go, but for the most part I've been interested starting in high school, the utter lack of things happening under this new administration is still genuinely shocking to me. Like intellectually, I kind of get it now. I see where it's gone, but that's not even what it was before. More shit was done before. It sure feels like it. <laughs> I don't know how much actually got done. Because I look back to when we talk about my continual perennial conversation of electoralism and whether or not it works. Like, we've been doing elections for over 100 years. And by a lot of measurements, we were we had more rights as a class, like as a working class in the freaking 50s, 40s. And that's not true for every kind of worker no absolutely like not. it wait, great, to be clear exactly, we're not rose-colored glassesing yeah this we're just taking some factual notes in the context of worker rights asterisk having guaranteed retirement and all the other benefits and high pay and that is great but if you aren't allowed to even apply for the job because of your demographic then obviously like that doesn't really mean anything for you that's just nothing it just seems that more and more the the truly diverse thing in america is poor treatment it used to be that we had a defined, distinct, racialized underclass of like, aha, we put all of our bullshit onto black people. And whenever white people get mad, we tell them it's black people's fault, which was an explicit strategy in, in like colonial America, like early America. Uh, I mean, that that's was been a done strategy on through very conquering populations throughout yeah. human history, and it sucks. It's just getting harder and harder to, you can't even do that anymore because it's like, yeah, and fucking white teenagers also are treated like shit at work. So, <laughs> like, everybody, <laughs> just more and more, which you hope leads to solidarity where people just recognize, hey, Latino friend, Asian friend, all of us have the same horrible job and all of us have an equal amount of power over our lives, which is basically zero. Let us team together and retrieve some of that power from our boss speaking of teaming together 
You know, I strike it up. I got Iatsi under my fingernails. Do it. You all have you all have heard about Iatsi. It's the I A T S E, which is like you, everyone's heard of SAG, the Screen Actors Guild, and like the Writers Union, and because they go on strike every once in a while. Like, oh, Lost was fucked up because the writers like went on strike halfway through the thing. Uh, what you hear about a little less is Iatsi, which I don't think, if I remember, it has either never gone on strike or like pretty much never goes on strike. That's everybody in the entertainment industry who is. Le- like under that, like non, not actors, not writers. I'm talking about camera operators, the freaking craft services, people setting up your cameras, basically the everything else. Hold the camera, the dude holding the boom mic. Yeah, everything uh, that is not that. But not the uh, 3D animators. Oh, yeah, the animators just have no union at all. <laughs> but hopefully this just spreads to them. Um, but uh, oh, yeah, that's a, a, a jaded thing we're talking about. How come everyone does CG shit and no one does like costume hair and makeup anymore? It's like because costume hair and makeup have a union and those poor fuckers in Vancouver slash Korea slash the UK slash California uh, don't. They just got to animate and they'll fire you and not even put your fucking name on the movie. Anyway, IATSE did not go on strike. You saw these things going up like oh, all these series like Loki season two is going to get fucking delayed or canceled because the IATSE, the crews won't go to work. Uh, they had an 11th hour soft agreement that, okay, okay, don't go on strike. We promise we will meet your demands. And they're like, okay, we won't go on strike. And now we're, wor- now we're working on what does meet our demands mean. And I saw that like a second strike is already in the works because it's like oh, everyone yeah. involved is already feeling like, ah, well, we took some shitty Nothing. bait. Like, I won't read through this whole variety article. It's kind of like only a couple hours ago, and it's trying to put together what it looks like will be in the deal. There is no actual deal, so this is all fucking hearsay, but we have things such as uh, turnaround times, and as you read through every one of these, they're all like, well, you see, it doesn't really change at all except for in these extreme cases. So turnaround times. Uh, you the, the deal is supposed to provide a 10-hour minimum uh, turnaround time between shifts, meaning after you leave work, before you're expected to be back at work, it must be at least 10 hours. Hey, I I've worked jobs that give me that kind of shit. And apparently most people already have that, uh, but they're going to push it up for, you know, whoever the employees who, who don't even get that. These are people who are like, all right, in six hours, your ass needs to be back on this set doing the same. Okay. Meal penalties. This is where, um, if you don't let your employees go to eat because you're rolling and filming shit and you don't want to stop work because every second you spend on a set is expensive. You get the, the company gets fined every time they do it. So if you leftists, your ears will perk up immediately. If Disney is given a fine of, of, uh, who are you? Twelve dollars and fifty cents per half hour for the it's first just two part hours. Part of the budget, <laughs> and they still fucking fire you for doing it anyway. Twenty. Oh, but hey, if you if they make you miss your lunch by at least three hours, you get twenty five dollars per half hour. And, and then, like, just these numbers are hilarious, right? It's like twenty five dollars. <laughs> like, what the fuck is Paramount going to do with? Oh no. We had to pay out even $25,000 extra dollars because you made everybody skip their meals. I've been listening to interviews with these workers, and they say that that is just factored into the budget. They already have meal penalties. They're just increasing slightly. Yeah. Nobody gives it. They just, oh, okay, better budget another 0.01% for uh, how many labor violations we're going to do. That's just part of the business thing. They talk about this shit on shareholder calls. Like, oh, we're going to pay a little more on the, you know what I mean? Like, these are just calculated decisions. Yeah, long story short, without reading the entire thing to you, it's not, like, great. <laughs> it's like, no. here, here's, like, a cost of living raise, and we will pay more fines when we fuck you over. But the fucking continues. Yeah, so there's very likely going to be... I hope there's another strike. There was no strike. That didn't actually happen. They threatened to. It was a, 
11th hour, they authorized the strike, and they're like, oh, shit. (laughs) So there were zero seconds of actual striking. Okay. Just some threats. I I do hope they strike. Uh, I hope they strike like the 10,000 John Deere workers on strike. John Deere, strike number two. Yes. After overwhelmingly rejecting a proposed contract, 10,000 UAW members at John Deere across the country, mostly in Iowa and Illinois, began striking at midnight on October 14, following immense pressure from managers to accept the deal even after they'd already voted it down. Workers are out on the picket line and forced to demand an end to their two-tier pension system and better pay amid historic John Deere profits of almost six billion dollars. So, like, let's let's wait, 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 hang, hang on. Let's do. I'm I'm opening up a calculator because arithmetic is hard. Math is easy. Calculus is easy. Arithmetic is hard. So six. Uh, let's see. That's thousand million billion. That could that effectively is six hundred thousand dollars in earned profits for each of the ten thousand members, and I guarantee you most of those people don't even make a hundred thousand. We're not fun things coming out of that, but the 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 people doing the work right now are not tech. We get in the discussion of what is a scab. They aren't technically scabs because they are making management and other salaried employees who, due to whatever rules, are just either not allowed to be in the union or around. they are they they aren't hiring new people. They're just moving around other people to try and get them to come in and do these uh the. The way it's phrased on, I heard on freaking NPR, I don't like, because the whole talk of like skilled versus unskilled labor is like, what is that? It's like high art, low art. It's like, this is kind of a nothing conversation. But as the technical know-how necessary, like as much as I think high skill versus low skill jobs are uh, like bullshit, that distinction is bullshit. Like you can't just throw somebody onto the fucking McDonald's fryer on a rush and just expect people to be able to do it. It's going to take a couple of weeks, at least out, at least dozens of hours to get proficient at it. Now let's say you're a fucking welder. Yeah. Get in there. (laughs) That was, that was how you, your, your lot in life used to be defined. And the only thing that changed is we got better tools and got more complex welds that hold more shit. It's not like it's a nothing job. <laughs> oh, no, I'm saying welding, like, at least in terms of danger and personal immediate risk, is very high. I mean, especially the fryers are something like an immediate service. risk. Don't trip. Yeah, it is. You can hurt yourself with that stuff. But just it's it's an increasing sliding scale yes. of as these strikes get more and more ridiculous. It's going to be like, all right, fuck it. Uh, who knows how to fly a plane? Like, <laughs> you got to start paying people. You can't just scab forever. It's also why scabs, just it doesn't work out. Like, when they're never like, oh, we replaced all our uh, experienced, skilled union employees with complete randos. And it, we did even better. That never happens. It's always like, oh, we're completely shitted until we can eventually. Get the, it's more of a demoralization thing to be like, haha, we're going to replace you. Meanwhile, inside, everything's just on fire. These <laughs> fucking managers don't know how to do it. They, they keep cutting a video of like, oh, here comes an ambulance. And you're like, oh, shit. Like pulling into the, the thing like, oh, somebody had an accident. Like being the implication of who got hurt at work because none of them know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Woof. That's, that's like straight out of a South Park thing. Like a South Park. Pack. Here's the line of ambulances. I'm a scab at the chainsaw factory. <laughs> Yo, check out this scab on my stump. Scab for a scab. All right, that and was. It's mean. been cool seeing fun like things of solidarity, and yeah, I don't know. I haven't like verified all of them, but I like to believe they're all real. Where it's like a bunch of bikers showed up and wouldn't let in a truck of scabs, and it's like yeah, <laughs> and all, all the, like just various shows of support. 
Like, I don't want to say that I want to be on a freaking hard picket line right now because it's you were putting your body on the line to some degree. Yes. But I, it would make me feel like I was fucking doing something. And if the John Deere factory was like within an easy drive of me, I probably would. I'd just show up. Uh, oh, if you have the time, energy, and money, bring food or water or just go and like rah rah fist pump at strikers. Like, they, it's great because I've struck once for a very short amount of time with my teacher's union. Not union, my teacher's association, whatever the fuck. And uh, yeah, the the just like somebody going beep beep, yeah, like it's it's very energizing. Well, and, like, and we watched like where the logical conclusion of it goes. If you get big enough, like BLM, the police show up and start destroying your little stations that are sustaining <laughs> the, the arduous task of being out there all day, every day. Like that's not that you know, people are think like striking is easy motherfucker you're on your feet you're screaming you're emotionally charged you're not working you have no idea where your next paycheck is coming from you're lucky if you get food and water and that's not even counting like if your strike is effective enough slash the wrong kind of strike violence will come your way if you're looking for a more constructive place to put donations that you may have previously sent to the democratic party strike funds are great because that is how strikes can be sustained. People get online. It's like <laughs> online commies like goof on like, Oh, general strike Twitter. Cause people just yell like general strike. And then that's it. That's the whole thing. It's like, well, you got to have a lot of infrastructure in place to make any strike successful, let alone a fucking general one. Like I, I saw this thing was like, you can't go on a hunger strike unless you already, like you had food to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> If you can get the thing that keeps strikes going is the ability to make up for the money from the job because you don't need the job. You need the fucking paycheck as, as cool as the job may or may not be. So as long as like food, supplies, childcare, daycare, fuck if you're like friends with people, like, oh, watch your kids go on strike. Like those are the kind of things that help strikes work. And there will be more, hopefully many uh, soon. So like be ready. Keep these things in the back of your head. And if one happens in your town, do the support that you can if you can. Hey, you mentioned infrastructure and previously we've talked about well no one's gonna we're, we're not gonna vote our way into paradise the trick is to just do it so i uh in my fahug state getting off the train for the first time ever i noticed a sign across the street and it was some little local grocery store i'd seen it a billion times and it said you can be an owner this is community owned i'm like what the fuck and it is a co-op. It is the Chicago Market, uh, chicagomarket.coop, coop. And uh, let's just jump right to it. Like, anyone can become a member. It does cost money, but there's owner rights and responsibilities. So, like, if you pay the 250 or 500 uh, you get annual patronage refund of co-op profits based on each owner's spending. Uh, you do get sales and specials. Uh, discount on classes, workshops, special events. So it's doing that community thing. It's not just, oh, here's where you buy your food. Here's also <laughs> how to work with it better. Uh, everyone who is a member can serve on the board of directors. They have a bunch of stuff around their voting and policies and such. Uh, yeah, like 
I just that's found- one of those things that I like in the short term. Like there will be some kind of transition between full on what the fuck nightmare capitalism like we do now and and a communism or a socialism. And I think that kind of concept works in like in a transitional period. But I don't think that's like because a lot of people go, if everything was a co-op, the world would be fine. It's like, no, like you just said, co-ops are great for everyone who can afford to be part of the co-op. Yeah. (laughs) People who are just so far below the floor, but like democratized ownership of food distribution. Good. (laughs) That's a better thing. Well, and like, all right. We're, we're in capitalism today, so fine. If I throw out all the other idealist stuff yeah. I have... It's better than fucking Walmart. I, like, <laughs> if, if the company I'm at, the, the, you know, one of the obituaries places, if I also was an owner there and can choose how to vote and drive where our finances go, I would feel a lot more connected to my labor than, well, they're going to pay me whether I give a shit or not. Because exactly. I know how to get by just, like... It's kind of that whole thing. Uh, the thought I had when I saw this was why, why, not just why do people like the Marianos or the Walmarts or why do people have such strong negative reactions to when, you know, us are like, fuck Marianos, fuck Walmart. And it's because they, I, I do believe, and please, listeners, ask around, see what people think about this. It's because everyone has assumed the infrastructure is tied to the business. It's not that I personally like Mariano's or Walmart or Amazon. I like the infrastructure for what it provides, and it sucks that it's monopolized and not shared. The idea that 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 same kind of service could exist for the purpose of public good rather than uh, for the purpose of profit. Yes. I've heard it like thrown out as jokes. Like the thing that Amazon does, the idea of like we should, there should be a thing where we like ship people stuff quickly and they can order it online and all that. Like, and we could even use, we already have this crazy distribution network called the United States Post Office. Not Maybe for they long. could play a part in it. <laughs> hey, Joe Biden, thanks for getting rid of DeJoy, everyone's favorite postmaster general, who everyone's like, he's fucking evil. He's ruining democracy when it was Trump. And then as soon as it was under Biden, it's just like, do to do to do who? Eh, shut up. Vote blue no matter who. Uh, <laughs> just completely forgot about Louis DeJoy. It's really weird. And uh, he can't directly fire him, but he can completely replace the board of directors of the post office that can fire him. So, yes, he can get him fired whenever the fuck he wants. It's ca- capital P politics. You just have to kind of do it because it's your job. But like uh, uh, the idea of getting things to people quickly and conveniently, like at, in an Amazon-ish way, like is is a cool thing. And like I don't think anyone would say that we should get rid of that. <laughs> get rid of that. It's just we don't have to have that kind of operation exist solely to benefit one guy and send him to space, so we can go to he can spend Will Shatner to space to cover up negative news about Amazon. Also, hey, did you transition- know Shatner wasn't the first Trekkie to go to space? Uh, that doesn't shock me, but who was it? Uh, I don't have it immediately on hand. I fucked up. Edit this. I believe it was Lance Bass. God damn it. <laughs> first, he famously played... Uh... <laughs> Would it even shock you if it was like, oh yeah, Lance Bass at 14 was on an episode of like, <laughs> like well, Deep Space Nine? That's <laughs> plausible. <laughs> like, yeah. Dr. Mae Jameson, engineer, physician, and NASA astronaut. She, not William Shatner, was the first Star Trek cast member in space and actually orbited the Earth for over a week. She also spent two years in Liberia and Sierra Leone as a Peace Corps field doctor. She's like a real-life Starfleet person. All right, (laughs) so, okay. I have complex thoughts on this and the fetishization, especially of, like, old white guy goes to space and what have you. Like, don't get me wrong. 
<laughs> Fuck that. But uh, I know this from my dad and a lot of people I've talked to, especially growing up of my dad's era. And it can't be discounted. It, and this is like not anything Shatner did, but his fortune of being the lead of a show that really, really, really was different and to this day is such a big deal for people wanting to get into, yeah, uh, what is it, STEM? The, the sciences, to do that yeah. stuff. Like, this guy just happened to be the biggest living spearhead of a lot of the far future cool shit we all like. So in that regard, like... I can't get mad is really what it boils down to. I don't want to spend anger cycles on it because what purpose does it serve? Did it even need to happen? No, but like at the same time, I can put myself in my dad's shoes who has always wanted to go to space and never will, and he gets to watch the, the childhood hero that was on the show like, holy shit, he did it on TV for all these years and then at 90 went up. Maybe my dad will get to go. Like... I have this personal connection through a bunch of people that genuinely find the whole thing cool while fully acknowledging that William Shatner's kind of a piece of shit. I do have an actual, a thing that matters connection. Okay. So if you want to be cynical and this is a little conspiratorial, but it also is like <laughs> the kind of shit that people do all the time, especially if you own like a newspaper and a ton of media companies like Bezos does. Uh, was it Washington Post? Bezos owns. Uh, keep that yeah. in the back of your mind whenever you're reading anything the Washington Post says. But uh, it's funny that the the Shatner going up in space thing was happening at the same time that uh, he's getting Amazon's getting sued by India for doing the same thing they do in the U.S. But the U.S. determines it as legal. Like the whole Amazon Basics, f take a product sold on Amazon, yes. farm all of the data about that product because it's on their website, farm through the reviews to find out what people don't like about whoever's product, and then just make the exact same fucking thing, ch charge fifty cents less. Less. and the amazon basics like Correct. how anti-competitive is that capitalism <laughs> well and then to be fair no one should be surprised that this is the thing jeff bezos original one of his original lines was your profit margin is my opportunity like it is direct antagonism company that does a thing that we all like obviously we all kind of enjoy and i, I don't want to say need Almost, though, the way we structure our lives. We kind of, like, need the, the whole Amazon structure of order a thing online, get it shipped to you really fast. So this is also this is also border me shilling for, hey, join our Patreon. If you join our Patreon for $1 or more, only $1 is necessary, but you could do more. You could be listening to this recording right now live in Discord, along with all of our sexy, sexy patrons who are there right now with us. In addition, on our off weeks, we do a thing called Bible study where we read uh, theory by actual socialist thinkers we've just we're getting through to around part we're about halfway through Engels's socialism uh, utopian and scientific where he even goes through an example this guy robert owen who existed in the 1800s who was essentially if like imagine bezos with that much power and influence but he used all of his money for good and was a hardcore communist <laughs> like that's who this guy robert owen was and he's like look even that didn't work like no one person can come down and say i am the jesus of communism and i am d d placing it on you the people like that's never going to happen it's kind of a thing that has to be grown organically but we're about to get in to um right now what we have under under capitalism we have essentially socialized production a ton of people all do 
Herculean feats, work shifts, all the logistics, all the shit that like make when you talk about oh the employees make the company. Yeah, that is a, a social group. Amazon's two day delivery that product. you appreciate so much is the direct result of worker abuse. It's a, but it's also if you t- if you remove the abuse part, it's a crazy amount of collaboration. Like yes. it's so much teamwork, so much an insane the relay logistics race. and software to aid in it. Like top to bottom, it is such a fucking cool problem to solve. So you have a socialized means of production where everyone works together in the big factory, in the big Amazon, do the blah blah. But then, are are the profits socialized, distributed socially? No, they are fucking appropriated to you. You are told you get this much, regardless of the whole big project that the whole big team did. And you never have that sense of the big team did the cool thing, which could be present if we were doing Amazon and communism. Commune Amazon. (laughs) If we had that, like imagine this amount of teamwork, removing the making people shit in boxes, removing the like million hour shifts, working people to injury, no health and shit. Like if you had everybody's shit taken care of, you could look at Amazon and go, wow, that's fucking awesome that you could like order a thing over here and it gets over. Oh my God. Like, how do you like, wouldn't this be a feat of humanity if it wasn't built on so many corpses? Well, and that, and the whole thing is geared at dark patterns as well. So this is like the tech person side of me is like the experience of Amazon is not good because it is not there to serve you. It is there to get you to spend on shit you don't need. Exactly. I know because it happens to me often. I am weak against this. When we talk about mode of production. We mean production geared towards exclusively uh, profit. Yeah. If we instead ran a company towards, if, if, if the goal was just anything else, like I'm not saying that I know exactly what it should be, but if you tell maybe it could be, oh, the, the percentage of, okay, we figure out how much, this is where it starts sounding creepy and like, we will now allocate this many guitars for you under the Soviet Union and you get this many eggs and this many blah, blah. It doesn't have to be that creepy and fucking dystopian, but we do to some level, even now in our current capitalist America system, we make some guesses about how much of things we will need where and when. Hey, it's right? it's almost like <laughs> a, a global, there is a global equation that is heavily localized per population of supply and demand. And they're all interconnected. And holy shit, does math have a lot of thoughts on what that problem means? We have supercomputers. We were figuring the Soviet Union was cobbling this shit together in the 70s with like a shoebox with America just like shooting at him the whole time. And like, if you look at what can be accomplished. Make a cave with a box of scraps. If you, if you gear an economy towards something closer to make the people's lives better or make sure like a certain X base level of dignity is possible amongst like all, all humans under your jurisdiction or like in your immediate area, like so many things can be accomplished and we see it in microcosms all the time. Heck, that's what a fucking co-op is. Yay. We brought it back around. Hey, I want to do a Mainstream Minute. Mainstream Minute, do it. Mainstream Minute, uh, performative charity. Uh, Pepper and I and a bunch of us, we watch All Elite Wrestling. Usually Wednesday nights, but whatever. Not going to shill that much for it, especially because of this. Owned by the good billionaire. Owned by the good billionaire, billionaire. but ready? Ready? (laughs) Wait for this. 
the Shop AEW Twitter feed, which is their dedicated merch account, had a tweet that said, October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. A portion of the proceeds from your purchase of these special items from shopaw.com will be donated to at Susan G. Komen. Together, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that tweet got deleted because uh, AEW's audience is way more woke and lit it the fuck up. The only evidence I can find of this existing anywhere on the Shop AEW site is those merch items are still there, but the, none of it is being featured right now. Like, the top left so, corner, if you go to the main thing, it says, like, it lists the shirts, and it's pink, so if you know what they're for, but, like, they have removed all call-outs and focus to Susan G. Komen, and I am fascinated. So, but nowhere See, like, is there an apology. Explain... Nowhere is there an announcement of a different, better charity. Nowhere did anyone involved do any research. Because, like, there's indexes of what are the ethical charities. And you bring any of these up, and one of the top number one fuck you don't do this charity is Susan G. Komen Breast Cancer Awareness. You're so quick to try and get the breast cancer shirt brownie points that you don't <laughs> 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 Oh, it's funny because a while ago, weren't we talking about furcons and their charities and how like, yeah, <laughs> and like, okay, you're, you are one half of the major wrestling promotions in the whole world. Well, in all of America, and like nobody. Oh, their billionaire, by the way, is Shahid Khan, who is a Pakistani American billionaire business person. He owns the Jaguars. He owns Fulham uh, FC in, are they fucking Premier League? I don't remember. But he like, he just owns a ton of shit, like hangs out. He's like a sports billionaire having fun time over there. Yeah, <laughs> seems nice. I'd I'd love to have I'm enough sure money nice. to go. Fuck it, let's make a wrestling promotion. <laughs> that sounds cool. I need to, like, I need to Google up like what their original crime was. Right. Oh, keep th- about, that's a good one. You, well, you keep thinking about the the concept, of, like so. And you're told in capitalism, you work hard and you get the money. No, you're well, told behind every great fortune is a great crime. We've been saying this but for over a century. The small ones. Even behind small fortunes, it seems the only way to make any to get ahead in any way is to find like a loophole or a rule that you can exploit that has yet to be like closed up. Like that's what Uber is, that's what DoorDash is. You know the legislation's coming for these. Well, maybe not. We live in hell country, but the things that make a bunch of money now, you know, are oh, we, they got there before they could uh, write laws around them. Amazon. Imagine if Amazon was trying to get structured when we had any kind of fucking labor rights. Like that's why it didn't. And they're so far ahead because of tech. And you know what? Like, you know what? I will. I will say genuinely. I think Amazon still would have happened without with strong labor laws. That would the 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 tech and like the idea of doing that because we've talked about this before technology you can do basically tech people or game people are the only ones that can rocket to the top and not technically have a requirement to steal from or hurt anyone you just kind of you get the biggest one-to-many distribution platform ever in the existence of humanity the internet and once in a great while a significant chunk of those humans goes have a dollar and oops you're a multi-hundred millionaire Oh, yeah, the, the creative industry is a bit of is I don't want to say loophole, but kind of yeah. You could you can still like put out an album or something that like goes crazy. It requires a shit ton out, of luck. Put out Undertale. Yeah, it's like playing the lottery. <laughs> it's, you have better chances at that than the lottery because the effort you put in does change your chances. Whereas no matter how hard you scratch off that ticket, <laughs> we're about to go to BLFC. By the way, if you are at BLFC, uh, say hi to us when we're walking around. We do not have an official sanctioned panel. But we are going to have an unsanctioned dark match. <laughs> uh, 
it's uh, we're we're definitely at the very least. Me and Drago are going to record in a hotel room again because I like doing that. We may it's we're I'm we. When COVID is over, I am so ever excited to just be able to be like, all right, we didn't get a panel, but everybody meet up at this freaking yes. blah, blah, and we're all going to go to the room, strangers included. But like, actually, I, I would love to. No promises, but Pepper, you and I should talk about this. Uh, the weather should be nice enough where if we're in an area that doesn't have wind, we could do that outside. Just have a freaking outside get together. Like battery, find a wall socket or something like, yeah. Especially if I don't get a show at MFF at all, if I have all day, <laughs> let's let's do some podcast. Hey, even if so I'm not attending cold, MFF, though. I live nearby. I'll fucking take the Blue Line commute and show up. Oh yeah, we will. We will be doing at least one in person with the two of us episode of Last Minute Politics after MFF because I'm staying a few days after. And yes. hey, why not sit in the same room, have some microphones? Well, we're we are at an hour. What do we want? Is there anything else small or closing? want to throw in i'm click, i'm clicking through my tabs oh right my god now. uh just a quick one because this is again not a surprise to anyone that's been paying attention <laughs> official smash brothers tournament halted by nintendo's own online service nintendo's continually giving examples of companies are not your friend they, they're one of those that still has the shine on them a little it's not as hard to defend nintendo but lately it's like, oh, you made a game, uh, like you copyright infringement. We're literally spying on you and sending goons to intimidate you. Like Nintendo has done. Oh, that. spying! That's the last one I wanted to talk about because uh, it's a big deal, and I'm always gonna take an opportunity to talk about it. And that is, tech literacy is important for your individual protection. I've met so many people that are like, I don't care if my information's stolen. Like, yeah, you you say that now until you're in it, and there are things you can do that. It sucks to learn and get in the habit of, but once you do it, you just, it's habit and you're protected. Uh, so since 2020, Minneapolis schools have been using an online surveillance application called Gaggle to spy on students' online activity. The software flags LGBTQ-related terms and has already reported, outed at least one LGBTQ student to their parents. That literally can get someone hurt or killed. Gaggle isn't only for that no but as we can see it can be used for that and heck it's like that's in that's in a that's in public schools right okay a freaking it is 620 i don't know why that's significant <laughs> but thank you very much for joining us uh i am pepper i am dragor i don't know why we said it like that let's do it again but um robots i <laughs> You go first then, define robots. I am Dragor. I am Pepper. <laughs> Bye! Bye. <laughs>